Hello and welcome to this Endo Life episode 41. I'm Jessica Duffin and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. So guys, how are you finding the solo shows? I would really, really appreciate you letting me know. If you've got any feedback, like give me a DM on Instagram. If you really like them, please like review them, like leave me a little message. Some of you send me um, lovely messages on uh, on Instagram telling me how much you love the show. It would be amazing if you could tell me in the reviews because that means other people will read them and iTunes will register them and will push the show up. And that means that other people will be able to find it more. It will become more accessible. And hopefully, you know, more people means it will be helping more people. So, yeah, if you do like these solo shows, like let me know in the reviews. If you've got some feedback, if you want me to do a show on a particular subject, like reach out to me, email me or uh, yeah, DM me. I'd love to hear from you and find out how you're finding these because I'm super nervous about them. Before I get started today, I just want to take a moment to thank my sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by BU Period Patches. They are 100% natural, sort of like plasters, long plasters, um, that kind of stretch along your abdomen, or you could put them on your hips or your lower back. I imagine you could even like put them across your um, shoulder blades to be honest if you were getting a, a sore sore shoulder like I do um, from you know working at a laptop um, the way they work is the plaster I'm just going to call it a plaster well it's a patch are soaked with menthol and eucalyptus essential oils um, and these oils are scientifically proven to reduce muscle cramps and pain um, when you put them on your skin they soak through into the muscles and Personally, for me, I find that they begin working within 20, 20 minutes. And then I think I begin to feel optimum relief at about 45 minutes, sometimes sooner. And then they last for 12 hours. And really, once I've got them on, that's kind of it. For the next 12 hours, I don't really, yeah, I, I just feel good. I feel fine. And I know that a lot of people also feel the same. Of course, we are all different. So they might, you know, they might work less for you than they do for me or you know they might be amazing they might work for you within 10 minutes um but that's my personal experience with them they're discreet um they're very affordable and you can wear them onto your clothes because they're really thin so you don't have to worry about you know bulky wires or um just the problem of trying to carry a hot water bottle around or drawing attention to yourself because you've got something under your clothes um especially if you're at work each pack contains five patches, so in theory, they should last for the majority of your period, depending on the length of your um, of your menstrual cycle. So, you know, you might need more you, or you might need less. I tend to use half a packet per period. Um, they are $6.99 for a pack, a one-off pack, or for or $4.49 if you go for a subscription. To shop, just head to the link in my bio, um, not my bio. <laughs> think about Instagram in my show notes and start saving period cramps the natural way this show is also supported by Ona. Ona is the new intimate wearable designed to act like a buffer during sex that helps with relieving painful sex and allowing you to 
control penetration so that you're comfortable. The donut is, like it sounds, like rubber donut rings that are stackable so that you can kind of choose the penetration depth that you that you would like. Um, Onut always recommends starting with three. Uh, the partner, your partner wears them. And so many men and women say that they can't feel the Onut um, except for the fact that sex isn't painful anymore. So the, the feedback from endometriosis sufferers is amazing. Um, obviously we're all different so this might work for you to an extent but you could also find that pelvic floor therapy is something else that you need to do alongside the owner Um, I've tried owner I really liked it and I'm yeah I'm quite early on into using it so I'm looking forward to trying it again if you would like to try out owner for yourself you can get 15% off with code JD2019 so J for Jessica D for Duffin all caps, 2019, um, in one one word, one code. Um, just enter that at checkout and use the link in my show notes to shop. Today I want to talk about what I eat in a day. And the reason why I'm doing that is because I've done a lot of podcast episodes recently about what I avoid eating or what I've reduced. And I think it's important to give you an idea of what the reality of look that looks like and also to let you know that it's really not um, a prison sentence and that I love my food more than ever and enjoy my food more than ever. There's something so satisfying to eating delicious food that you know is nourishing your body. It's a real game changer and you enjoy it more and you're not wolfing it down because it's just this craving that you just need to fix like you just need the food in you you know like I feel like in the past I'd eat just to eat and now there's a lot more purpose behind the food that I eat and there's a lot more enjoyment in the process of that and discovering what foods to make and it's it's really exciting I love cooking the way that I eat is to regulate my blood sugar so I do eat according to like a a blood sugar protocol by Elisa Vitti in her book Woman Code. I'm not great at it at the moment and I have to admit that I was in a really good rhythm with the kind of foods that I was eating and then when I started the Woman Code protocol basically as you're here in my what I eat in a day uh kind of I'm going to list out what I eat my meals um you can't put certain food groups together because it will imbalance your blood sugar and that has kind of thrown my recipes so I'm still struggling a little bit with that I'm trying to make a list of new recipes that I like I'll get back into the rhythm I'm not worried I just I haven't had as much time to invest in finding recipes that I enjoy that also balance my blood sugar so yeah but that that is kind of what I was eating like and what I'd like to get back to because even though I am eating I am eating the meals based around blood sugar regulation. I'm not necessarily eating them at the right times and things like that. I also eat to support my hormones. So I also follow the Women Code Protocol, the Flow Living Protocol, um, eating particular foods at particular phases of my cycle. And I eat to support my liver. So I make sure I eat lots of fruit and vegetables and kind of eat certain herbs and drinks and stuff that um, also help my liver, like different teas and things. 
And I also eat to reduce my inflammation. So uh, avoiding gluten, avoiding dairy, avoiding caffeine and sugar. Those are some key contributors to inflammation in my body and often in many others as well. So on a typical, now today I'm only focusing on my weekday. Um, At the weekend I am a lot more relaxed and I want to do a different episode on that I think just to keep these nice and succinct where possible. My breakfast is I try to eat within an hour and a half or yeah an hour and a half of being awake that's kind of part of the blood sugar regulation protocol. Also not have if I have caffeine um, on an empty stomach so um, sometimes if I'm really really tired um, and I try not to do this but I would have like a decaf tea or a decaf coffee but and and I'd probably do that on an empty stomach but it's something that I'm not I'm trying actively not to do but usually I would have an Earl Grey rooibos tea or a rooibos breakfast tea uh, with oat milk Oatly, I use Oatly whole milk or their Oatly uh, barista. I would have, at, I've been in a pattern of having oats for breakfast all the time, but um, I'm actually trying to change that up a little bit. So each phase of the cycle um, calls for different grains. So I've recently started having amaranth, um, I think in my ovulation phase for breakfast. So amaranth, amaranth pops or um, quinoa pops, or quinoa porridge, or amaranth porridge. But what I normally do is my kind of like fallback breakfast is 30 grams of oats. The reason why I measure it out is because oats can disrupt your blood sugar. So I, and I'm not going to kind of get into like the maths and the science because I think it's better that you just read the book. But from kind of what I've, what I've learned and following the diet, I do 30 grams of oats and um, a scoop of protein powder. I use form, um, which is a mix of pea protein, rice protein, hemp protein. Um, It's got turmeric in there. It's got digestive enzymes in there. Got a little bit of stevia in there. And it is too sweet. It's taken me a long time to get used to. I'm used to it now, but I like all the bonus nutrients that's in it. There are quite a lot. So that's why I'm having it for now, but I'm I'm thinking about swapping to just like a plain hemp or a plain pea protein because pea protein is very high in protein. So I mix up with protein powder. The reason why is because that helps to regulate the blood sugar. It helps to prevent the cra- like the crazy spike that the oats can bring. I then add um, a few mushroom powders. Um, so lion's mane, chaga and cordyceps, sometimes just the lion's mane um to help me to like boost my mind get me started as you know I do suffer with endo fatigue and endo brain fog so that really kind of kicks my brain into gear um I will have nuts as well so depending on what phase of the cycle I am in that will dictate the type of nuts that I have but normally I will have um at some point in my cycle I'll be having like brazil nuts walnuts um pistachio nuts uh almonds macadamia I think are on the list but I never seem to pick them up I don't know why it's just a weird habit and I will have some cinnamon in there because cinnamon is apparently good for blood sugar regulation I'm not sure if that's just an old wife's tale but I put it in anyway I mix all of that up 
and then I pour over some almond milk. I have it cold because I cannot be bothered to heat it up. Obviously, a lot of people like to have like overnight oats um, if you're going to have them cold. But honestly, I'm quite just happy with my oat milk, with my oats with some almond milk. And then I top with um, low sugar berries. So a portion of berries, blackberries, raspberries, strawberries, um, blueberries. I will try to get organic if I can because berries are quite heavily, um, quite heavy on the pesticide side of things but um I can't always get them and it's more important that I have the nutrients than not at all. Just to remind you that this show is supported by BU Period Patches and I wanted to share with you yet another testimonial from an endometriosis warrior who is finding that BU Period Patches are really working for her. First things first, thank you, all caps. Your patches are amazing. They have changed the way I deal with my endo pain. Usually I would just take painkillers as soon as the pain started, but now I can put on a patch or two and they kick in within 10 minutes. Triple exclamation marks, by the way. I expected it to be a warm sensation, but it's more cooling and and a bit tingly. I love them. Thank you so, so much. We'll definitely be using these in the future. So I'm still kind of astounded myself about how much these are helping endometriosis sufferers. I find it kind of mind-blowing that we have all of this, you know, modern medicine and painkillers aren't working for people, but pentfoin eucalyptus oil is. Um, I think that it's really promising and I think it's showing us that there are other options out there and if it's making you guys feel better, I mean, that's that's good enough for me. Um, so, yeah. I'm so happy that they exist. If you would like to try a BU, then just head to the link in my show notes. Um, and the price is $6.99 for a one-off pack, which gives you five, um, or $4.99 if you opt for a subscription. So again, the link is in my show notes. Head to their website to shop and start saving period cramps the natural way. This episode is also supported by Onut. Onut is the intimate wearable that is redefining painful sex. I also have a testimonial from someone who also suffers with a chronic condition that I thought I'd share with you. I just used my Onut for the first time with my husband. We have been married for almost seven years. I have a retroverted uterus and interstitial cystitis. God, I know how that feels. And sex has always been, has always had some pain associated with it. I have the IST under control, but my tilted uterus has always given me trouble and there are many positions we cannot do because it just pain hurts. Tonight we had, all caps, pain-free sex. I can't believe it. Thank you so much for creating a product that allows people such as me to be able to enjoy sex in a way I never dreamed possible. The product was comfortable for my husband and I couldn't even feel it. He said it was the best sex ever. Your product is truly life-changing. Thank you. Wow. I mean... I'm sure many of you guys know how difficult, painful, awkward, just emotionally draining and exhausting painful sex can be. And I just think Emily is revolutionizing, um, yeah, the way that we think about sex, the way that we talk about sex and the way that we have sex. And I'm just so impressed that this project product is so simple and yet is changing lives all over the world. So if you would like to try um, Own It Out for yourself, 
you guys can get 15% off by using the code JD2019, all caps, one code, one word. Um, Just use the link in my show notes. And by using that link and using the code, you are helping to support the podcast. Thank you so much. And then mid-morning, really usually after I've done about an hour work, about 11 o'clock, I will heat some almond milk up with some, so I'll kind of do a 50-50 or a 70-30 ratio of almond milk with oat milk. The oat milk adds a bit more creaminess um, and I prefer to have almond milk so I'm not kind of having too much of the oats during the day because this can kind of add up in sugar and it can um, add up in forms of in gluten as well because oatly isn't like it it's not 100% gluten free then na- it's naturally gluten free but it is the oats are processed in yeah in a factory that contains gluten so I'm just a bit mindful of that but it, that might not be a concern to you at all so um I heat that up and I heat it to quite a low temperature I'm not that careful of this but I I endeavor to keep it under 42 degrees celsius because that is when you're keeping things in its raw state so I'm not worried about the milk being in a raw state. What I want to do is preserve the antioxidants and the nutrients in the hot, in the raw cacao. Um, raw cacao is different from cocoa. So same plant, but cocoa has been processed and a lot of the nutrients and antioxidants have been taken out, have kind of been killed off right in the process. Raw cacao still has all of that goodness in it. I will heat the milk first and put the cacao in at the end and I try to keep the temperature quite low so it doesn't kill off the goodness. That's the theory anyway. Um, I usually do go over 42 Celsius, but I try not to. That does make it quite a lukewarm drink. Not lukewarm, just warm. Do whatever you feel is right. It's just something that I've learned from different chefs and foodies and that's just what I do. So yeah, some raw cacao between one and two teaspoons. Um, it's a stimulant, so it depends how like much I feel like I need a boost. That will probably determine my how much cacao powder I have. Um, if I've got access to it, I will actually have cacao drops. So they're just they look like buttons, but it's pure like cacao li- liquor. It's like cacao butter and cacao powder. I'm assuming it's the whole form of cacao in drops, and so that will melt in. It will be really creamy and rich. It's delicious. Then I add more cordyceps, chaga and lion's mane. So the chaga, I should talk about this really, um, cordyceps delivers more oxygen to your blood and that in turn increases your energy. It will increase the oxygen that's going to your brain, so it should help with cognitive function and will help with energy. Chaga I have for its anti-inflammatory properties um, and lion's mane I have um, for it's been shown to boost cognitive function, help with memory, help with focus, help with concentration. And actually they're finding, um, I'm not hundred percent sure how conclusive the studies are, but they're finding it regrows brain neurons. So the brain pathways in, yeah, the brain cells and the kind of brain pathways, I believe. So they're kind of doing research into Alzheimer's with lion's mane. And I find that it's so helpful. Lion's mane really helps me to focus. So this is a really lovely combination for me. Um, I also add a bit more cinnamon. Sometimes I will add a fresh piece of ginger. 
for a bit more of an anti-inflammatory boost. I then whisk it up and then, yeah, I serve it. So that's about a 250 ml um, cacao. Add any sugar because sugar really affects me, um, my pain levels. If I was having, I have that every day. So if I was having sugar every day, um, I would feel a difference in my pain. Obviously, if you want sugar, you can. I suggest personally unrefined because we know that refined foods are generally less healthy for us. Um, or you could use a natural, a natural sweetener. Um, and then for my lunch, I do have a, I tend to have an early lunch. I eat about 12 to 1. It again depends on where I am in my cycle, but it would generally be my biggest meal of my day, biggest meal of the day. This does confuse me a little bit. In the in the book Woman Code, Elisa says to not have try to not have too slow releasing carbohydrates, but I thought all vegetables were slow releasing carbohydrates. So they're not your obvious carbs, but they're still carbohydrates of some form. So I need to clarify that when I finally do the course. I will usually have vegetables and salad with grains or vegetable and salads with um, pulses. So it really depends on where I am. It might look like a curry um, that I've made up for the week. It might look like a stew that I've made up for the week. Um, it might be a Buddha bowl. It might be um, a stir fry. It might be a soup. It might be a salad. It really varies and I will usually try to make a couple of days worth um, and the grains that I usually have would be quinoa, sometimes wild rice, not too often, it will be in the phase um, that, that it's listed under but I can't remember when that is. Buckwheat, corn, um, amaranth, those are probably like my main go-to grains that I have and like corn for example I could have in the form of polenta or corn on the cob um I don't really have like tin sweet corn I don't I don't really like that or um tortilla like tacos and vegetables will really really vary depending on where I am in the cycle you can eat everything basically that's on the list but you just eat more of the ones that are listed for that phase of your cycle. I always try to have some kind of greenery. So that's often kale, rocket or spinach. Um, I try to have those guys organic if I can, because they are often on the dirty dozen in the pesticide list. So they're heavier uh, with, with the pesticides. And I also like to have some avocado. So Elisa recommends to have some fats. So I often will have avocado with that meal. Um, and then mid-afternoon, um, I will have either um, a dairy-free yogurt, so coconut yogurt or, some, or almond yogurt, mixed with another scoop of protein powder and maybe some like cacao nibs and coconut flakes and um, maybe some like dried white mulberries or something or I'll have a protein shake and by this point I might want another boost of lion's mane so I might have some lion's mane throughout the day I would have a whole teaspoon of lion's mane so I'm just kind of like doing say a third at a time of a teaspoon um putting that into my food and I will also have a scoop of greens like powder like spirulina chlorella oh gosh I can't remember the others 
spirulina chlorella are the two main ones I put that a scoop in my I have like a, a tub that's like all of them mixed up I bought it from dolphin fitness for about 12 pounds I think um so that's in there and that helps to detoxify my system to kind of help get rid of toxins that might disrupt my hormone imbalance and um lots of benefits really um but that's yeah maybe that's another podcast really the beauty of greens um that's kind of a new addition to my diet adding that scoop of greens in um and I might also have a few more berries like some a different type of berry in that protein shake or another type of low sugar fruit and then I won't often have fruit though uh low but if I do have fruit it'll be low sugar I'm not recommending that it's just what I've learned my body responds best to so that's if you want to hear more about that I kind of talk about that in my sugar episode and you know sometimes I will have like a banana or an apple or something that is higher in sugar um but it's just not it's not that frequently and then for dinner I will have uh two veg and a protein um I don't eat meat red meat has been associated with endometriosis um if you're going to go for fish and poultry then it's best to have organic because they otherwise they are pumped with hormones um and they're eating pesticide uh, food that's had pesticides on them and they've got antibiotics in them you know the animals do have are pumped with quite a lot of um chemicals that can disrupt us disrupt our bodies i suggest if you want to learn more about that read take control of your endometriosis by henrietta norton um but if but she doesn't she doesn't um dismiss meat at all she says you know um you can eat meat um but there's just she just has recommendations going organic reducing red meat don't feel because i don't eat meat that you have to not eat meat um i didn't eat meat before i started managing endometriosis so that was just already part of what i did so my protein will be lentils pulses etc with two veg so that will could look like chickpea pasta with a homemade um homemade pesto um or homemade tomato sauce some kind of sauce it could be fresh chickpea pasta fresh chickpea pasta um with like a lentil bolognese Again, it could be like a curry, like a Caribbean curry or a Thai curry. Um, dal is a really popular one at, in our house. We do dal quite a lot. Or stir fries, I'm not doing that much because I find it quite difficult to put a protein with stir fry. really like jackfruit curry. I might make a dip out of the pulses, the beans, um, and then kind of do something really interesting with the vegetables. Um, so maybe like a black bean dip with spicy, like kind of buffalo wing cauliflower and, uh, gosh, I can't think now, like avocado, or sometimes it's just like a salad of like roast veggies. And, um, often we're kind of like saute beans or like pulses with garlic and herbs and onions. And that can be really, really, a really lovely salad. Um, maybe depending on the type of salad, I might slice some citrus fruits, like orange through there, or top with pomegranates and chopped parsley, maybe go for more of a 
more of a Lebanese kind of dish. Um, so grilling some like aubergines and making a hummus. The blood sugar kind of protocol I follow um, suggests not to have grains in, in the evening. And I have struggled with that, I have to admit. So sometimes I might use cauliflower rice um, as a rice replacement. So I might stuff, you know, do a stuffed aubergine with like cauliflower rice and um, peppers and red onions and chopped parsley and pomegranates and walnuts and things like that. Or stuffed red peppers. Um, stuffed butternut squash is always lovely. Those are kind of the types of recipes that we go for. Our evening meal is the smaller meal, just because it didn't used to be. It definitely used to be the biggest meal. And oh, actually, one that's something that's quite popular is kind of like sauteing green beans in garlic and lemon zest, um, and then kind of like sprinkling some flaked almonds on. That's always lovely. Yeah, I use a lot of recipe books. Jessica Manan's One Pot Plant, Deliciously Ella, Yum Universe, Minimalist Baker, BBC Good Food. They've got quite good, uh, um, quite a lot of vegan recipes. I'm always trying to create something really interesting and satisfying. I'm definitely not really into. I'm just gonna boil some veg and um heat up some beans really that's not, not kind of how I do it I want to try and make things um, as interesting as possible and really take from different cultures you know learn from different cultures and the foods that they eat so yeah I feel like I have more interesting meals now than I ever did before I'm hopefully going to be doing well not hopefully I will be doing some ebooks and freebies on recipes and stuff so keep your eye out um for those and um in the evening I try not to have anything sweet but I find that sometimes I can crave that so I might have a vanilla rooibos tea I might have um some mulberries yeah I can't really I mean I try I try not to eat after dinner simply because of blood sugar regulation and um kind of leave in a couple of hours before like before bed um but it does it definitely doesn't always work out that way I am someone who gets hungrier in the evening um not sure why but I do so um sometimes I'll have a snack and I'll just kind of work around what that can be according to like the protocols that I follow um a lot of this is just stuff that I I work towards it's not always so black and white but I do have you know kind of some standard habits that I always go to like I know the breakfasts that work for me I know the lunches that work for me I know the dinners and that's not really hard to do um it's it's more like the gray areas like oh like what do I eat after dinner that's not going to mess with my blood sugar or what really is a slow releasing carb like can I mix sweet potato I don't know carrots or is that too many slow releasing carbs that kind of thing I'm still learning um but I feel good and I probably eat, gosh, maybe eight or nine, sometimes less, fruit and veggies a day. And lots of protein. I probably have, my protein shake itself is 30 grams of protein. And then there's a lot of protein in pulses and nuts. So um, I might even be having a bit 
too much for recommended daily, daily allowance. I might be having around 50 to 60 grams of protein a day. So I definitely get my protein. Don't worry about that. And yeah, you know, these, these superfoods aren't essential, but they're kind of uh, what are kind of termed as biohacks to kind of boost your body. And I like to have these little superfoods like the green powders just to give to help my body along because it, it is, you know, it does struggle. And so it's nice to be able to support it where I can. And yeah, that's, that's about it. So I'm going to do another episode on my weekend, uh, what I eat at the weekend. If this sounds confusing or overwhelming um, or not that exciting, I invite you to head over to One Pot Plant, Jessica Manan's website, look at her gorgeous food, look at Minimalist Baker's food, look at um, Deliciously Ellis food. You'll see that it's really varied and exciting. Um, and there is so much you can do with, with whole foods, I promise you. But this is just me. This is just what, what works for me. And you will find a habit and a routine and a way of eating that works for you. So I hope this episode was really helpful. DM me any questions you'd like or, or actually it's better to put them in the comments. Um, and yeah, um, let me know what you think. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, you can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe really truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis this episode was produced by the pod farm whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world 